Welcome to episode 245 of the Engineering Career Coach podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. In this episode, I will be talking to Michael Tranmer. He's a best-selling author, a professional engineer, and TEDx speaker about a career transition he made in his career and how that change has benefited him tremendously. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the new host of the Engineering Career Coach podcast. I'm a leadership and career coach that helps engineers and technical professionals realize their true potential. I love helping people make intentional career transitions and optimize their success. Often, we work on developing soft skills like leadership and mindset to unlock their hidden potential and remove self-imposed roadblocks. I founded More Than Engineering to bring together my love for engineering and technology with my passion for helping people improve and live more fulfilled lives. I now run a program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Let me tell you a little bit more about our guest for today. Michael Tranmer is the author of Satori Ananda, Awaken to Happiness. This is a memoir about his conscious awakening following the sudden end of his marriage. He's a leader in Western Canada in the highly specialized field of coastal engineering, where he designs and builds infrastructure along the British Columbia coast. Michael connects all of his teachings to his experience adventuring deep in the British Columbia backcountry. His TEDx talk, Re-Engineer Your Life and Awaken to Happiness, is available to view on YouTube. Let me bring you into our main segment with a quote that is applicable to today's topic. This quote is from Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. He says, a mind that is stretched by new experiences can never go back to its old dimensions. Now let's transition to the main segment of today's show. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode. Today I'm talking with Michael Tranmer and the topic today is about career transitions. Michael, welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. Thanks, Jeff. So grateful to be here and connect with you and your amazing listeners. Michael, as I was doing a little bit of learning about you, looking you up and a little bit about your history, it was clear that you have a pretty transformational story. You were an engineer, as I understand it, and doing great at your job, although feeling somewhat unfulfilled, and you were happily married, and then everything changed. So can you tell us a little bit about the story? What was the catalyst that really changed everything for you? Yeah, the catalyst was coming home one night. It was uh, November, and at that time, my wife and I had been together for 12 years. We had been married for six years. But like you mentioned, I had always really struggled in my career as an engineer. I'm a project manager in coastal engineering up here in Vancouver, Canada. Always struggled in that field. And, you know, while the relationship was good, it wasn't great. But coming home on that Wednesday in November, opened the front door. My wife was sitting on the couch and she told me she was no longer in love with me. I just couldn't believe that even though I was on this path previously with the, the wife and the condo and the job, all of a sudden in that moment, it was all gone and it all vanished. And the next day I was going into work and the first thing I was Googling was how to get a divorce in British Columbia. And you always read about people going through these things and having these hard times and having these massive transitions in their life. But until you're the one typing those words into the keyboard or hearing those words or having moans of pain escape your body, you just can't really appreciate that 
it absolutely, yes, these things and transitions can happen to you. And that really was just the beginning. And after that, it was months and months of, of not only trying to really, because I'm an engineer. And the first thing I had to do was figure out what had gone wrong so I could do everything in my power to never feel that amount of pain again. And within all that reflection came a, learning a lot of hard truths about myself and my role and how things have unraveled and also parts of my personality that I did not want to take going forward. So there was the element of understanding the why. And then there was also the element of understanding what am I going to do now? Like I could literally do whatever I wanted. I had this blank slate that I didn't want, but that's what I had. So I really had to begin my journey to get clear on who I really was and what now I really had the opportunity to, to do and become and recreate myself however I wanted. So you had this blank slate, as you say, a lot of things you thought you were on this path and then your path stopped. And then you now have all these new directions that you could go from here because what the path you thought you were on is no longer there. So at this point, as you say, you had this opportunity that you needed to get clear and figure out where you were going to go. How did you move through that process? How did you get clarity and figure out where you wanted to go from there? It's messy. It's not pretty, but it really is. It, it comes down. I, I speak about the, the three C's in the, the TEDx talk I gave last month as well and, and everywhere because it helps me keep it in alignment, but really is the three C's. It's the commitment, the clarity, and the courage. So for me, the commitment in the beginning was to pick myself up off the living room floor that I had been bawling my eyes out for months and months. I knew I was no use to myself or anyone else if I remained in that state. The commitment is really to pick myself up and, and move forward. And, and for anyone else, it could be the commitment to change a crappy job, to change a relationship that does not 100% fulfilling you, to get in better shape. You got to make the commitment. You have to do it yourself because nobody else is coming to save you. And then afterwards, yeah, step two is the, the clarity, which you mentioned as well. And yeah, for me, it was like, I know what I was doing before didn't exactly light me up, but I like parts of it. And, you know, I like this over here. I had started doing a ton of journaling for the first time in my life because I had to get all these thoughts out of my head and onto paper. And I was like, wow, this, this is great. I like this. This makes sense. I started to share some of my writing and people kind of enjoyed it. And that was scary. Since I was moving through such a radical transformation, I started sharing more on social media and I started posting more videos and I kind of liked that. And it was scary. And people also like other folks like that as well. So it was getting clarity that, wow, maybe there are more dimensions to me than just the engineer. Maybe I like this creative side of writing and maybe I like this expressive side of public speaking. And then so step number three, the courage was to continue to lean into those because when you start putting yourself out there in a different way, your friends and family that they recognize you as the old you are like, who is this guy? So it's really the courage for me to keep going with the writing and keep going with the speaking. And now almost three years later, I've written a book and I've been on TEDx stages and we're just getting warmed up here. So you talked about this relationship of other people kind of knew the old you. I mean, you know, think of a few years ago, old Michael, how he used to be and looking to today. Now, is that hard as you move through that transformation personally, but for those others in your life, your friends and family to wrap their heads around this shift that you are making? And then what was relationship with them, but also hard for you to actually create and accept this new identity that you're creating for yourself, right? So what was hard about this process? 
So many hard parts in there. And one of the things that, that my friends and family and my mother, especially, she was like, well, you know, that's great to change and, and move and evolve, but there are parts of the old Mike that we all really love and we all really cherish. And, and for myself as well, there are parts of the old me, of course, that are still with me today. So it's not like a, a complete rinse and complete shattering of your soul and, and starting from fresh. Yeah, I think the most important thing is that if you are changing and you are evolving and perhaps you're even in, in the workplace, if you're in one role and, and you want to explore something else, but that means you have to grow new skills and step into a new space, maybe you do need to change a job and actually show up embodied like this new version of yourself. Sometimes it's very hard to do that within the same organization that you are, but if you're perhaps going down a technical path at, at one organization and they're not really fueling your soul to pivot into a project manager role or something like that, maybe you do have to show up at a new location, a new firm and go, here I am, this is how I'm showing up. So you can kind of take whatever the transition is, whatever that opportunity, that, that reset, whether that's an actual change in something or just you making that decision to make the decision, or as you say, one of the three C's commitment to what you're going to do, move forward and make that commitment to who you want to become. And whether or not people ride with you and, and accept that, that's kind of their decision, but you need to make that commitment. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yeah. And if people don't ride with you and they don't jive with the new you, then I'm sorry, but you're going to have to leave some people behind. But that's, you know, you need to be true to yourself. Not everyone is going to resonate with your new message. There are a lot of folks like my friends, some of my friends that I'm not friends with anymore because they didn't appreciate this transformation that I was going through and they didn't really enjoy the way I was putting myself out there or what I was saying. And that's okay. I still love them, whatever. And they can do their thing. That's fine. But for me, one of the parts about six months after the breakup, I had finished a project over in Victoria. I was working on a, a dredging project and then I was going to take some time off after that because it had been a pretty heavy couple, six months. So I started this two and a half month journey through Central America where I actually wrote the first manuscript of the book. But when I landed in Nicaragua and I went to meet these new folks at this surf camp that I was part of, you know, I showed up and I said, I'm a writer. I'm writing my book. I'm a coach. I'm starting this coaching business. I'm public speaker. I'm getting into public speaking. By seeing the vision of where I was going, what I was becoming, and then actually speaking it and embodying it into existence is very, very crucial. If you have this, this vision of yourself, of who you want to be and what you want to accomplish, it's so important to start putting it out there. And that's when you start receiving feedback about what you need to change and, and where you need to grow. Yeah, I love that. And I've heard from a lot of people kind of this process of moving through these transformations. A lot of times we think it's it have something, then you got to do something, then you kind of become that. But I think what you're talking about is the other way. You have to kind of become that, start embodying that to who you're trying to become then the actions start following and then you start having those things, even more of the reality starts to take shape. But you have to become that person first and kind of take that on your identity before the other things. You got to see it and feel it. And that's a lot of what I did in the, the clarity phase of my journey with the meditation and journaling and being in nature. I'm like, wow, there's a part I write about in the book where I was at a concert and I'm feeling pretty good for a few weeks but then while I was at this concert, I started to feel off. So I had to go outside and, and do some thinking about it. In that moment, I realized that I wanted to be the one on stage. 
it had come from a different place because I'd always had this underlying feeling that I wanted to do something big and make a difference, but it was always about me. But now I could see how everything that I'd been through and all that I was learning, I could help inspire others in the crowd and help them navigate their lives and help them think a little bit differently. So it wasn't just serving me. Yeah, it's serving me to to light my soul on fire and and be on stage. But now it's also helping other people. And that is so, so important for everything that we do in this world. We've talked a little bit about the book a couple of times, but I want to hear more about it. As I understand, the title here is Satori Ananda. Hopefully I said that correctly. Awaken to Happiness. Can you tell us more about this book and what it's about? Really, it's about the the time in my life that we've talked about quite a bit right now. It was from that very first day in November to the end of that journey through Central America. And the name Satori Ananda, so Satori is Japanese. It means flash of enlightenment. And it was a word that I had read out of an Eckhart Tolle book pretty early on in, in my journey. And it really helped capture what I had been going through the previous months because I was having all these breakthroughs and realizations as I was walking the dark, wet streets of Vancouver. And painful as they were, they were often very liberating and brilliant to get this clarity. So those Satori moments. And then the next word, Ananda, means the bliss of being. It's Sanskrit. And that also helped to reflect on the time that I was going through then where I was also, you know, while I was in so much pain and hurt, I was having these real moments of, of presence, of not worrying about what had happened and not being too anxious about the future. And just most often, you know, I was out in nature or, or doing my thing with sports, but this real presence, this real bliss. So when I read these two words, it was around New Year's, about three years ago, I was like, that is exactly what is going on with me and my world right now. But yeah, the, the book is a it's a memoir. It's the first half is pretty heavy. And then then we start going in into good places. But it's raw, it's vulnerable, and it shares that journey after the breakup. But then stepping out of that and discovering these new things that I love to do with with engineers and with the writing and the speaking. And, and now I am back working in the engineering space in a little different way right now. So it's come full circle, but there's still more circles to go. This huge transformation you've been through the last few years. If old Michael from like five years ago, when you were still kind of in that same space to now, if you were able to meet that old Michael, what do you think that old Michael would think if he was to meet you today? And would he really believe to see that, oh, this is really where I'm going to be in five years? What do you think that interaction would be like? Well, he wouldn't think he'd be sitting at his dining room for a year uh, working inside, but we can't see everything. It's a perfect question, and it's one I ask myself within this this TEDx I just did last month, because the whole point of the talk that I gave last month, and it should be out end of Q1, early Q2 in 2021, but the whole point is to how to go through this awakening without having to hit the rock bottom that I did, because I've been able to discover these new things I love to do. I've been able to learn so much about myself. I've been able to push through the courage. But it would have been nice to do all that without hitting the rock bottom. That's the question, how to have that switch without the universe doing it for you. So it's two things. It's one, if I could speak to my old self, could I be open and curious to trying new things that bring me joy? You know, previously, I was so into you know, extreme sports and endurance sports, done an Ironman, done backcountry skiing, done surfing, all the things. And I'm just doing them harder and harder and harder to try to find joy. And it obviously didn't work. But could I have been open and curious to try new things 
that I've found writing and public speaking through other avenues that would help light my soul on fire. So can you be open and curious to trying new things? And two, can be humble enough to ask for help. Something stubborn old me so bad at. Now I ask for help all day long. I'm asking questions. I don't know what that means. I'm hiring coaches here, there, all over the place. But to be able to see perhaps someone who is doing things that you are doing and that you want to embody, ask them how they got there, pay them. I've paid thousands of dollars in personal development over the last few years because it compresses time and you learn from people who have gone to where you want to go. The third thing I'll sneak in right now, which I've just learned over this last weekend, because it's been quite a journey still over the last few years, but I would also tell my old self to treat yourself like somebody you love. Sometimes we are, me especially, I'm just so kind and giving and loving to our colleagues, our coworkers, our family. We're so hard on ourselves. So it's been super effective for me over the last 24 hours, but I'm just, whenever I have these thoughts in my head, I'm like, would you want the person you love most in the world to be thinking these thoughts? The answer is usually no. So just to recap, those three questions were, can you be open and curious? Can you be humble and, and ask for help? And then could you be treating yourself this way? Would you treat someone else that you love in that way and, and be thinking those thoughts? And what great questions that all of us can use and, and different things to, to change our thoughts and really what we believe about ourselves and, and what's possible as we move forward, right? So I love those questions. Some of our listeners might be feeling some of these same feelings, maybe not this rock bottom experience, but still feeling kind of stuck and trying to find passion and, as you keep saying, light their soul on fire. Find something that can do that. So what advice would you provide to people who are feeling that way to get unstuck and find that passion and be able to move forward in a more effective way? Two things. You have, everyone has a passions and joy and, and things that they love to do. And like you have to put yourself out there. But often we don't pursue them for fear of what other people think and judge us by. So if you have something super quirky that you love and you want to share about it and you love doing it, then do it. Do more of that thing. Like if you're, I don't know, I'm not into knitting, but if you love knitting and, and you're an engineer and you want to knit bridges or something, but you are worried about what folks will judge and think of you, screw them. You do that thing. There's 7.6 billion people in the world. There's probably going to be someone else out there that thinks that's pretty cool. But even if there's not, who cares? Do the thing that you love. Find the thing that you love and have the courage to push through the fear of what other people think because screw other people. This is your life. It's so finite. Put your passion and energy into that one thing or whatever it may be. And you need to get clarity on, on what that is. Then try these other things like meditation and journaling and spending time in nature. We're so overwhelmed by all this information coming at us. You know a lot of your own answers. So you need to practice your own spiritual techniques to tap into that. So that's kind of part one. Part two is also have the courage to, like I said before, try new things. Put yourself out there. A lot of engineers and myself, you know, I was never on podcasts. I was never speaking on TEDx stages. I was never writing books. I was kind of locked in my cubicle for the first decade. I never really understood, Jeff, how people would actually give interviews like this and be able to speak long, coherent sentences and just go on and on and on. I never really understood that, but I always kind of wanted to do it. The point being, if you want to move in new directions, if you want to learn new skills, if you want to become better at communication, for example, as an engineer, 
which as myself and many others, it's an area we all struggle in. You have to do the work. It's not go to university, stop learning and just exist for 40 years. That has been the most empowering part of the last couple of years. I've been taking course after course and learning and growing and growing. And it's, I'm alive again. It's great. But if you have these new skills and maybe it's a more technical role, if you want to get better in a technical role, sign up for the course. Your company won't pay for it. Pay for it yourself. Your best investment can be in your own personal development. So find the thing, invest in it. You'll again, have your soul light on fire. And you use that word investment. We often think of investments just financial stuff we invest in, and then we see the returns over time. But it's such a crucial thing to just be able to invest in ourselves. And the ROI is going to be much more than just any financial return that we get. But in our personal development, our growth, our joy, that's the stuff that, that we should be really investing in. And so I love that you're using that word there. So you talked again about this idea of like facing fears. Now, I've been learning recently personally that some fear is really bad. We often talk about that when we're driven by fear, but some fear can actually serve us well. Think about the greatest people who are the greatest in their professions, the best performers on stage, as you were talking about going to a concert or a great surgeon or a great engineer who's stepping into a stressful situation. So many of them still feel fear right before they go on stage or right before they step into an operating room or about to dive into a, a difficult problem or project. They still feel fear but that's not a fear that cripples them. It's a fear that recognizes that this is an important thing that they're about to do. What would you say about how do we move through and face those fears when sometimes they can feel crippling and, and we want to avoid feeling all of that fear? What would you say to, to people who deal with it? I would say that fear and courage is a muscle that we can build. So you do a courageous act, you survive. You do the next courageous act, it goes horribly. You make a fool of yourself. You survive. All right. I'm good, but I learned I'm not going to go that direction. So now I'm going to go this direction now. I'm going to try something else. So you do these, and we've heard about do one courageous, one thing that scares you every day. It, it totally works. So you can build this courage muscle. For me, I am a little bit fearless because I've already survived one of the worst possible things that I could think of. Now I play the game quite often. You know, what is the worst that could happen? If I go this direction, I try this thing, if I put that out there, if I apply for this, what is the worst that can happen? Am I going to die? Probably not. If I do, at least I tried. If, am I even alive? If I'm not trying these things, do you even call that a life? But the point being, as you do more courageous acts, you be, build that muscle and then you become a little bit fearless. So it's about getting clarity on who you are and what you want to do and what your dreams are and what your ambitions are and where you want to go. And then taking the steps to go there, go there. I'm a huge learn by doing. I recorded the audiobook for the book over the last couple of weeks. I researched a little bit about it. I Googled a little bit about it. I got some input and then I just started and it was a disaster. And I was like, this is what I need to learn on. So I spent the next 48 hours calling people and learning and Googling and paying money to get some experts to help me. Then I just finished it in less than a week. So I got back into it. I just hammered it out. Many people would take a year to do that process. It doesn't have to be perfect. Get into it. Build that courage muscle. Learn what you need to improve on. Be humble again, word we used before, and then keep moving forward. Just got to be in motion. Awesome thoughts here, Michael. I've really appreciated and, and learned a lot here. So 
if people are curious, where can they find you on social media or other places or online? And, and where can they learn more about your book as it continues to move forward? Yeah, I appreciate you so much, Jeff, and everyone in the behind the scenes that, that does the work to help bring this together. And again, connecting with your audience. I'm super easy to, to find on, on the internet. Michael Tranmer. I show up authentically in different in all my places, but I have a little different messaging in, in certain platforms. So I'm on Instagram at michael.tranmer. I'm on, on LinkedIn. So I have sort of more professional engineering content on LinkedIn. And the book, yeah, I appreciate the book. My website, Michael Tranmer. The book's at Michael Tranmer slash Satori Ananda. At this point, we're going to transition into the Take Action Today segment of the show, where we'll get one final takeaway from Michael on what we can take away from today's episode. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Today, I've been talking with Michael Tranmer, and he's going to give us one thing, a great idea on a meditation that he has created, and tell us a little bit more about that as we take action and move forward with our lives. Yeah, we spoke previously about, especially for engineers, where we're so bombarded with emails and messages and things and, and all this stuff coming at us. But everyone, we are so overwhelmed with stuff and information and, and distraction coming at us. Absolutely. One of the things that's been so transformative for me over this journey, everything we've talked about has been meditation on a daily basis. And people say, whoa, 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 I don't have time to meditate. And I'm like, my friend, I love you. The magic thing about doing 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes of meditation in the morning or whenever you do it, you will save that time back later in your day and then some because you'll be able to get clarity on who you are and what you want to do and you'll forget about the rest. You won't be living a life like this. You'll start to get a little bit more streamlined. I'd love to share the one I write about in the book, the one I've been doing for almost three years now. I developed this meditation with input from Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm not sure if anyone is a fan of his writing. Absolutely incredible writer. It's based on some of the practices that he talks about. Available for free. If you go to my website, michaeltranmer.com meditation. Put in your email address, it'll get sent to you instantaneously. And like I've said, it's the one I've been doing for almost three years now. It disclosure, it's not gonna, it's not gonna make everything in your life completely perfect. Instantaneously, we have to do the work. But it's been meditation's been one of the most incredible things that has helped me on this entire journey. And I love, love to share that with other people. Okay, hey, thanks so much for sharing that. I meditate most days as well and, and really love the ability to get clarity and kind of turn off some of the noise and, and move forward to start the day. It's a wonderful thing. So thanks for sharing this and all the other insights you've shared today, Michael. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and, and learn from you and look forward to and hope our listeners can learn a lot from you as well. So thanks so much. My pleasure, Jeff. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. Go to www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. And don't forget to check out our upcoming live webinar for this month at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for those engineers struggling with unemployment or uncertain about how to make a career transition themselves, I have created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. 
You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. The strategies that you heard in this episode will be of no use to you unless you take action and start to implement them in your career immediately. To help you do that, we have designed a system that you can use at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. It combines live monthly webinars with PDHs, plus a private forum giving you access to coaches and premium content focused on helping you build your management and leadership skills. Join us for our next live webinar at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and we'll help you engineer your own success.